When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Blakey's Boot Room, the number one Cardiff City podcast. Brought to you by Wales Online. Hello and welcome to Blakey's Boot Room, the Cardiff City podcast in association with Giovanni's Restaurants. I'm your host, Glenn Williams, and I am joined today by Nathan Blake and Ben James. Chaps, how are we? Ah, welcome back, you should have said. Mate, because it's back, been yeah. welcome back. It's been a it's been a long time coming. I'm, I'm it's also like good. Groundhog Day. <laughs> <laughs> Groundhog Day, bloody hell! I think it passed there after the first week, didn't it? I know. What have you been keeping yourself busy with, Blakey? Uh, do you want the full list? I'll try and remember. Um, keeping the kids entertained because two of them are still away in their universities. Uh, garden. A lot of mowing, a lot of chopping trees, uh, logging up, ready for the winter. A um, bit of golf in the garden. Uh, cleaning my bike. Uh, got my bike back from a service, my Harley. So just a bit of uh, everything, mate. Bits just keep myself entertained. Not really watching chopping, chopping much TV. down and preparing your Harley. God, you sound like the manliest man ever. Well, you know, I am in touch with my sensitive side, raised by a woman, you know what I mean? I can go there if you want to. You know, my flowers, I talk about my flowers and my garden. And, no, uh, right, mate. You a barbecue man? <laughs> yeah, we've had a few barbies, mate. It's, the weather's been so fantastic, hasn't it? I mean, that's the only saving grace, really, for people. I feel, I feel for people who've got an apartment or can't go out in the garden but uh i just i couldn't imagine you know i thank god like he must be looking down on us and taking pity because uh the weather's been you know probably the best i can remember for donkeys uh in the spring it's been amazing i feel like every man what have you been up to um it's a lot less a lot less exciting than that to be honest um (laughs) i've been working uh, from home um, I say home. I'm, I'm, I'm here in Cardiff. Uh, I'm not really home, so you know I would normally not be in back the depths in, of Mid Wales. Yeah, I'd normally be in the hills of Mid Wales now. You know, can walk as far as I want, but I'm stuck in um, in a at a rather nice part of Cardiff called Adamstown. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you know, just keeping myself busy, um, trying to get back into learning Welsh and stuff like that. And I got a load of books to read when I was going to be on furlough, but that's. That's off the cards now. Not that I'm bitter. Uh, so I, probably <laughs> <laughs> I, probably, I probably won't read those books now. I don't know. Does, Ab- does Abbo listen to the, the boot room? <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't listen. No, he don't listen. He just, he, he just entertains sometimes. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, that's good. Learning Welsh. I'm learning Spanish at the moment. Can't get around the uh, Welsh. It's, it's so difficult. And I think. 
Uh, I'm using a, a, an app, should, should I say it? Duolingo? Yep, same one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's fantastic. It's, it's a very aggressive app, though, isn't it? Like, if you go less than four hours without doing it, you get notifications on your phone saying... Oh, I like that, though, see? I like the fact that if you're going to learn a language, you need to be bugged into it. Because yeah. at time, after the first week, I was like... Because it, like, tells you you haven't, had a le you haven't taken a lesson today, you haven't taken a lesson today, yeah? I thought, okay, mate, calm down, you know, you know, it's my choice. But I thought, actually, no, it needs to, it needs to peck your head to encourage you to go back. So I would say uh, I've been far more committed over the last three or four weeks to it than I ever have. So I like it, mate. It's I'm, good. I'm the same because, like, before all this, those notifications used to do my head in, but then... When lockdown started, I thought, I'll get back into learning Welsh. And yeah. I'm on about like a 25-day streak now of, of having, you know, doing lessons every day. And oh, you're on the 25-day streak, are you? So past the five-day and the seven-day yeah, of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, did, I did Welsh A-level, so the stuff I'm sort of doing at the minute is, is sort of stuff that I knew. So it's, I don't know. How difficult is it to learn, Ben? Um... I mean, I was probably near fluent when I was about 17. Um, right. Not Ian Mitchellmore levels of GOG fluency. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I was near fluent. And then I went to live in Stoke for three years at university. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, that I lost pretty much all of it living in Stoke. I, lost, I pretty much lost the ability to speak English in Stoke. Hey, <laughs> 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 listen, you said it, I didn't. <laughs> Mickey Thomas, we Joe Allen, they tell you the same. <laughs> fingers crossed you won't be doing any commentary from stoke <laughs> well after a lengthy layoff then chaps thought it was about time that we brought the pot back since the, the hold on a minute are... what you been doing what you been doing yeah yeah, yeah. what is it it's like you don't get to speak is it you keep all secret squirrel and all that have you what have you been doing yeah, undercover exactly. john I'm, I'm, I'm just the host, mate. I'm, I'm just sat in the midfield spraying balls about. I'm, I don't take any responsibility. Um, to be honest, mate, incredibly dull. Um, got through a lot of Netflix. We've been watching a lot of uh, documentaries, the Michael Jordan one, the Formula One. Oh, how good is that, Michael Jordan? Oh, mate, it's so good. So yeah, good. amazing, ben, mate. Ben enjoyed it so much. He wrote a story about Dennis Rodman and Gavin Henson, the most tedious link of all time. Just okay. I maintain it wasn't tedious. It wasn't. It, people, people said it was tedious, and honestly, those people are, are, are sad. Are sad in their lives. <laughs> I, I just, just create that link for me, Ben. I'm not sure where you're going with that one. Um, I mean, I was misunderstood. Are you? Is yeah, that what you, the angle you're coming off? They both died their air. They both dyed their hair. They both dated pop stars, but that wasn't what I was going for. It's the fact that you know, mavericks who were more dedicated to their their craft than people realise. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. There we go. See, you saved Blakey's, Blakey's saved seal of approval. Yeah, I, I'm with you, mate. If 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 you don't fit into the norm, you're you're often outcast, in you? So uh, I like the fact that you're a bit of a, people are a bit of a maverick and different and got their Think, think their their own mind. You know, have their own mind. Think their own way, and uh, you know their own people. I like that. Yeah. So a lot of Netflix. Um, I got into my fitness a little bit. Started running again. <laughs> Lost half a stone. Thank you very much. Hey, I must have borrowed it off you because I've put it on. 
<laughs> I literally, I was just drinking for the first seven weeks. I was like, Christ, there's got to be more to life than this. So I've, I've stopped the midweek drinking now and I've swapped it for, for 5k runs. So I feel like okay. a little bit marginally better about myself. Okay. And also tried to keep up with, with Cardiff City, which there hasn't been a lot going on. To be honest, Blakey, I've spent more time speaking to your former Cardiff City colleagues of 1992-93 than anything else. Yeah, I mean, recent weeks. I mean, I, I mean, I always say that's 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 why the uh, the club um, should, you know, I've always said they should have a museum of the history of the club and what have you, mm. and they should have a bar or a box for former players, and not just you know twenty seats. You know, if they they should have up to forty, fifty spaces for players, former players, if they want to go and frequent and watch games. Because at times like this, you know, I would have thought like uh, Cardiff City and their podcast would have, wouldn't have much contact with, you know, their former players, their past players. And now is a time where you'd really need that, you know what I mean? But, uh, yeah. you know, it's, uh, it's, 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 times, it's in times of need that you find that the club will turn and, and start um, doing things, but if that was all in place, it, you know, we could have done a, you know, a, 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 a dual podcast, uh, Glenn, with the club. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, but uh, unfortunately, it's it's not that way. But hey, one man's loss is another man's gain, and all that. Exactly, mate. Exactly. So we're speaking to a, a lot of those lot, doing some interviews with them. Um, but apart from that, mate, just trying to keep keep everyone informed as, as to the latest goings on. But I suppose the latest thing that's been that's been happening is that Cardiff City have returned to training this week. Um, obviously, it's, it's a phased return, and, and they're training in small groups, very mm. little contact, a lot of sort of skills based and, and fitness based stuff. Um, I don't know. To to me though, it just it, it all seems a little bit early still i don't know if i'm in the minority or, or the majority thinking that what, what do you two think blakey what do you think about that uh I, I i'm just still of the same opinion i was a week or two ago uh gee i, I said on uh, bbc that um you know i i just don't understand um well i do understand why they're trying to force the issue to go back and it's 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 again as always it's down to uh the Wonga, isn't it? It's down to money. Um, yeah. It's not actually... Uh, it'd be nice to, you know, if, if we lived in a society that uh, they put life before money, but unfortunately, uh, money what makes the world go round. And, uh, you know, I said I wouldn't, I wouldn't be taking that chance because it's not just the fact that there's so many people at the club who are then in contact with other people marginally or some people might not believe in it and you know doing their own thing okay you'd say most players or all players would be sensible but you know you can carry it as been has been shown recently you can carry it not even known you're not even it doesn't affect you and you can pass it on so i think uh i think until you've got you know a clear direction and understanding of what's going on and how it's happened and how you're going to try and counteract it, you know, unfortunately, and hey, you know what I mean? No one loves football more than me. No one loves sport more than me. I watch it all, but, you know, I do put life uh, before, 
you know, entertainment, I'm afraid. So, you know, it's, uh, it's surprising, but hey, I just hope, listen, I hope they've got systems in place and, you know, just remember if it hits the fan, then, you know, accountability's got to come to the forefront. Simple as that. Yeah, you're right. And Ben, I know you follow football and rugby quite equally, maybe even perhaps rugby a little bit more. And in rugby, we're way, way off returning to training. And yes, you can say that rugby might be a bit more physical or, or whatever, but they're, they're both contact sports when it's boiled down to it. What, what do you think of it all? Yeah, this is, I, I've always held the opinion that sport can't come back until there's a vaccine. Yeah. Um, Clearly, that's not the case because you know the the Bundesliga is back, rugby's coming back in New Zealand in the next couple of weeks. Um, in fairness, New Zealand hasn't had a case in five days, and there's nobody in hospital with yeah. coronavirus, so they're they're seemingly dealing with it well. But yeah, I got a friend there, they've done very well there. But then I suppose you know what, what's to stop you know someone having a case playing rugby and then it spreads you know like wildfire through that community. Mm. Exactly. I just, I don't, I just, I can't get my head around how, how sport can sort of come. I, I read something the other day about a cardiologist saying that, you know, you shouldn't be exercising 14 days after you, you, you've tested positive because, you know, there's such an increased risk of sort of cardiac issues. Mm. You know, I think the the example they used was um, obviously Mar- Mariapa at Watford's tested positive for it, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. And you know. He, he, simply put, he could not train for 14 days afterwards because of any sort of cardiac issues he could have. And I don't know, you're surely more likely to not only spread the, the, the virus doing high energy activity, but also probably more likely to be hit harder by it simply because of, you know, you're probably breathing it deeper into your lungs if you're, if you're working at high intensity. It, it, I don't know, it just all seems a bit soon to me. In yeah, terms of rugby, Ben, how, how far off do you think we are with, with rugby? I, mean, I think I remember having a brief conversation with you. You said you might be surprised if they played even as, as soon as Christmas in this country. Well, I, I've always held the opinion I just could not see rugby coming back this year. You know, there's so much talk about matches being played in you know, multiple autumn internationals in October and November. I think the yeah, late... You scrum down and all that. I don't, I don't, well, this is you the know what I mean? Yeah, I mean... Um, Dr. Barry O'Driscoll, um, who's been big on concussion and stuff like that, uncle of Brian O'Driscoll, former Ireland player. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he said that basically you, you could not scrum because that's, that's 16 guys just packing, yeah. getting very close together. Mm-hmm. And I, d- I mean, they're, they're talking that club rugby can go back in August. Which I, I, do you know what? Do you know what I don't get? I don't get this uh, clapping for the NHS on one hand, right? And being so, you know, forceful on, you know, these these sports have got to come back. You know what I mean? Because if they're so hell-bent, they seem to be hell-bent at this second wave around Christmas or whatever, surely, like, like, like Cheltenham, you know, that, that was never a good idea. Do you know what I mean? If you, if you want to spread, if you want to spread something, Go to Cheltenham, half a million people, and half a million people spread out across, you know, the UK, Ireland, and, and parts of Europe. It, it's 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 mental to me. I don't, I don't I, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not a risk taker, as in you know, jump out of a plane, 
my mother and father-in-law once bought me flying lessons for my 40th birthday. I never went, never done them. Because I just, I don't rock climb. I'm not, I'm not that type of person. So, you know, I try and value life. And I just, I just look at this situation and I think like, you know, it's all well and good until it happens to you, right? That's it's, it's the age old saying, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just get on with it. And, yeah, until it happens to you. That's, 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 that's the fear. And I seen uh, Mendez Lang's um, piece uh, with his wife recently yeah. giving birth yeah. and his, his, his child not being at uh, full health. And it, 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 these, they, you know, you could probably write down, you could probably go through the Football League and you could probably write down a thousand different reasons why it's not a good idea of situations like that, right? With all the different players and their children and their mums and their dads and their wives. It's just, uh, you're rolling the dice for me when, you know, you shouldn't be for me. That's that's my personal opinion. Yeah, and in terms of Mendes Lang as well, he voiced concerns about um, being part of the BMA community. Yeah, he's got asthma as well. Um, yeah. th- there's ba- bound to be dozens and dozens of footballers up and down the country like that. Obviously, very few of them um, have come out, but we've even seen it in the Premier League. N'Golo Kante hasn't been training, and Frank Lampard sort of backed him and said he can come back and train whenever he wants. All ju- it just seems... All just seems a bit bizarre to me at the moment. It just well, all feels too early, doesn't it? Well, well, well. The t- the talk was from the get go. Follow the science, mm. right? Follow the science. Follow the science. Follow the science. And the science and the doctors in the hospitals who have gone through this overwhelming period. They're not until they come out and saying, right, we got hold of it. We know and understand it. We know how to deal with it. We now have to stop the, the, the circulation of the spread of it. Take this, do that, or do this, and you know that should see you through. And, and you know, I, I, don't, I don't want it to be two years down the line or whatever. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. you know, you, you might get a situation where you can bring it back, but you know, you, you just you, it's almost like you come accustomed to seeing deaths on the news. And, oh, another another hundred deaths, well, you, you, and you just say it, and you, you you know you move on, but you don't realise that's a hundred different people, a hundred different families affected in in ways that you know you can't comprehend unless you've lost the person in your life, and it's just uh, it's just um, for entertainment, you know, it, it's 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 not worth the risk for me, like I said. Yeah, okay, I, well, I think that. Oh, go on, Ben. Go I, on. I'd agree totally with that. I think you know, like you mentioned, in Golo Kante, I think his mm. brother, his brother died of of a heart attack, I believe, mm. very recently. Of he fainted after training uh, mm. a year or two ago. Like, why why would he possibly put himself in, into that risk? In when, that risk, when, yeah. When we 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 ourselves don't know the full ins and outs, we don't know the extent of. You know, we're still learning about this virus. We haven't got a vaccine for it, and mm. and yet, why why do we think it's I mean, you look at England compared to Wales and how they're dealing with it. Like, the beaches are on Monday, like, it's full. Bournemouth from Brighton, frightening me. Yeah, we'll probably be surprised in two weeks' time if there's another spike in England. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And yeah. The, way it's, the way it's affecting black players disproportionately for me yeah. is, again, like, I, I looked at that and thought, yeah, typical. But then, you know, 
that that that's another that's another jump on again. You know, you've got probably forty. It's probably higher than that. Forty or fifty percent of players in the Premier League now are of you know black or Asian, you know, ethnicity. So you know, it, it's 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 it's. I, I said I I wouldn't be going back. It'd be no amount of money you'd be able to pay me. As simple as that. And if if a club then. Because I, I'd be interested to see if Frank Lampard would be a support in if it wasn't a superstar player. That's, that's the interesting one. If it's a young 21-year-old um, who, who was of the same opinion not coming back, he's not a superstar, would you support that then? You know, or would the pressure be put to, you know, Get back into training and what have you, what have you. I just, I just think it's uh, this football family we always talk about. Don't really put footballers first, in, or they aren't putting footballers first in this instance for me. Uh, and no scientist or no specialist is coming out and saying anything to make make me feel like, oh, okay, especially as a black person, oh, okay, that's the reason, or oh, that's what we got to do to avoid it, or you know. The washing your hands and the hand sanitizer, mate. I've been doing that for 20 years. You know that, Glenn. I'm I'm paranoid like that. Do you you know are, I mean? yeah. Uh, I'm, uh, you know, I take my own cleansing wipes for my microphones when I'm doing commentary and clean them severely before I talk. So all that is nothing new to me, but uh, you know, it, it's 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 a, it's a dangerous thing. It's, a, it's 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 scary to watch, like on the news when when you see some of the documented. I was watching BBC last night and they had like a, a piece on, on there. Uh, the families had, uh, had agreed for them to film. And it's heartbreaking. It really is heartbreaking. You know, seeing these mass graves dug and things like that. It's, it's, it's blow, mind-blowing mind if you watch it. That's why I've kind of come away from it and just tried to live in my own little bubble. Yeah, yeah, same, mate. I think... Uh... I think a lot of people are getting like that now. I think even at the start, I was I was watching the the news for all the sort of the daily updates and stuff. And then after a while, after we went into lockdown, it was just the same thing every day. Yeah. It was just it's easy to get very down about it. So I just I didn't see any point in watching it anymore. But, yeah, well that's when it anyway. it affects your mental health, then, doesn't it? Even if you're exactly. you're you're fine, it, it you can feel it starting to come on. And you're right, you know. And that's why I say the sun has just been a godsend. I mean, it's, it, it has, it's just able to go out, walk. My wife and I walk in the canal or just in the garden or through the lanes or up the mountains or wherever. It's just, it's, it's been a godsend. Well, that is the end of part one. In part two, we will be discussing the players returning from injury and Cardo City's contract situation. <laughs>were Nathaniel Mendes, Lang, Lee Tomlin, and I suppose to a lesser extent Greg Cunningham because he was on loan. Um, they all now look likely to feature in some capacity in the remaining nine games when they do get back 
up and running. Um, Mendes, Lang and Tomlin, from what I gleaned from my chat with Neil Harris, could even be ready to feature from the first game onwards, whereas Cunningham might be a bit further along. But um, I remember, Blakey, when uh, Tomlin had that injury, just how we all thought that that really could be a hammer blow for, for promotion hopes at the end of the season. But now, nine games remaining and he could play a part in all of them. Just how big of a boost is that? Oh, it's a huge boost for the club and huge boost for the team because he had he had become the uh, the talisman of the uh, of the squad really. So um, massive boost. Well, they sat in ninth, I think, if my memory yeah. serves me correctly. Yeah. Um, just beyond Millwall. So listen, it's it's going to be interesting. I think what'll be big now is how you come back from this. So do you come back sharp, like? Or what? Because I know even when you come back off pre-season, you know, the first five or six games, I always say it takes you a while to get into your stride. Someone like Tomlin as well, who is, you know, he's not known for his his, his supreme fitness, let's say. <laughs> you know, it's going to take him two or three games at least, I would have thought, to get back in his stride. Plus the injury. Injuries always slow you down, take a, take a half a yard or whatever you off your game. So you know it's gonna be it's it's, it's gonna be difficult put it that way for for Lee to hit the ground running I would have thought, um, but hey, you know it depends how they approach uh, the restart. Are they approaching it from a pre-season point of view, or are they just picking up and coming back in? Because I was watching the um, the Borussia Dortmund. Uh, Bayern Munich game yesterday, I seen Haaland go off and I thought to myself, that's probably a case of thinking you're still at the fitness levels you were at uh, pre-lockdown, uh, but you're actually not. Because when you're training on your own, when you're pushing yourself, you never seem to go as hard as when you're in a group and the manager is there screaming at you, you know, drive, drive, drive. So... Um, I I just I just you know I, that would that would be my worry, slightly. But uh, you know it gives it, from Cardiff City's point of view, it's the best opportunity they're going to get. It's a bit of a godsend for them, I suppose. You know, trying to kick on and trying to get into a playoff spot. And uh, what about Mendes Lang? If if he's back, because uh, we we've been fans of Albert Doma since he came in in January. Yeah. Would he displace a Doma? Do you think or? Maybe because of his injury, Adoma might might keep his shirt. No, I'd put Adoma on the left. I'd put Adoma on the left and Mendes Lang on the right because Adoma's got so much experience. Uh, or I would alternate them. You know, but I think you've got. I think what Adoma showed in his short period of time is, and what we've seen from say Murphy, is flashes. Whereas what we've seen from Madoma was consistency. And that's what a yeah. manager always wants from you. He'll, they'll always tell you, give me a 7 out of 10 rather than a, 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 a kid who gives me 4 out of 10 one week and 9 out of 10 the following week. Because I just don't know what I'm going to get. And then it becomes about reliability and trust. So I would put Adoma over because his work rate is fantastic. His positional play is brilliant. He got a great understanding, great experience, and I think he's he's the type of player you, because he's won promotions and played at the highest level for so long, 
you put a bit more responsibility on those type of senior pros uh, to lead in the dressing room and lead the youngsters. Um, and I think he could probably, if he switched to the left side, I think he could help Joe Bennett a lot. You know, I think yeah. Joe Bennett still, I still think there's a, I always say I don't think Bennett plays to his, to his max. I, I still think he could be far more marauding going forward as a, as a fullback. But, you know, you've got to have the confidence of the man in front of you and the man to the right-hand side of you, if you're Bennett, to feel confident in being able to do it. So, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd have Mendes Lang back in a, in a heartbeat and I'd move Adoma over to the, um, Albert over to the left-hand side. Just touching on Bennett there, as you did, um, Greg Cunningham, where, where does this situation sort of leave him? Because Neil Harris brought in Brad Smith um, in, in January and he's not played a minute of football yet and now all of a sudden he's got three senior left-backs on, on his books with Joe Bennett's nailed on number one. With Cunningham now coming back from injury, what do you see the peck order as there? Oh, well, Cunningham's third choice, isn't he? As simple as that. I think you, you think know. he's behind Brad Smith. Yeah, I, I, you know, the, if the manager brings in a player, you know, Cunningham was brought in by Warnock, never really given a mm. fair whip, a fair crack of the whip. But we've seen it so many times with Cardiff City players, signings who come in, never really given an opportunity, and then seem to quickly fade away. We've seen it with midfield players, wingers, strikers, you know, it's been something that has been a, a reoccurring theme over the last, say, 10 years at Cardiff. Um, almost signing too many players for me at times, you know, uh, and Cunningham is, it fits right into that bracket, you know, mm. again, you know, not, not a waste of money as in the player, because he's a, he's a quality player. But a waste, as in, if you're bringing the player in and then not utilising him, of course he's going to be unhappy because he's moved there, expecting to play, doesn't get a game, doesn't want to be at this club, you know, looking to go out on loan and looking for a move. You know, it's, it's you know, and not every move is suitable for a player, but I think you've got to give the player the opportunity to show what he can do before putting him in the, you know, for sale bracket sort of thing. Mm. Yeah. And I don't really feel, like a name, you know, off the top of my head, I could probably name five, six players like that, maybe 10 who signed under Warnock, who were never really given an opportunity. So, you know, it's, uh, it's unfortunate for him. But all you, all you can do as a player, Glenn, Ben, is, 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 is go out, train, train as hard as possible, play as well as possible in training and hope that the, you change your manager's mind. If not, you know, you, you look in, right, what's my next move? What's my next destination? Sort out the funds and I'll be off. Simple as that. Speaking of moves, we've, uh, we sort of understand that Omar Bogle and Matt Connolly will both be leaving the club this summer. Um, what's your sort of assessment of their stays at the club? Obviously, Connolly, Connolly was there for, for quite a long time. And, and Connolly's been here since I was playing. <laughs> he's been there years mate. I, someone said something to me about him the other day I was like oh yeah I forgot he was still there I mean you know again uh, players like that it's, it's you know I always say and this is why I would look at the club and sort of like Ken Chu and, 
and the chair and things like that. Is like, you've got to look at those situations and and I know it's not easy to resolve, but that's probably been like a minimum of two years overstay, a minimum. Yeah. yeah. Right. So and I like you you you've got someone on your books who you're paying. Well, it's not like there aren't other clubs who would want him, especially at championship level. Right? There's plenty of other clubs who would want him at championship. You've got to wheel and deal, get that player off your books for your own sake and for his sake, move him on and, you know, get a player that you really need or you really want. You know, uh, another a covering centre-back or a centre-back to go in alongside someone or a goalkeeper or, you know, another left-back wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't go amiss or another right-back or just... You know, something that you need rather than have these players on your books just trundling over, you know, not really doing anything, not having no influence at the club. And it's not fair on either party, really, but it's the club mm. who can affect it. And uh, and Omar Bogle, what was, what's both of your assessments of his stay in South Wales? Go on, Ben. Myself. Mm. About Bogle. Um, <laughs> God. I mean, last night was when was when did he? He spoke out fairly recently, didn't he, about um, the fact that he did his, his stay in Cardiff was going to come to an end soon, and he wasn't given a, a fair crack of the whip. So, <laughs> yeah, oh, did he, he didn't say those. He didn't say those words um, <laughs> literally, but yeah, he sort of alluded to the reading, fact reading that between the lines. That's, yeah, I think he was. Yeah. He claimed he was unappreciated, undervalued, and misjudged. Were they, were they the words? Yeah, and appreciate that undervalued and misjudged, but the best of me is going to be someone else's treasure once again. I have the reins on my life, hashtag maverick, it says. See, I, lo- I do love a maverick. Um, I remember when... <laughs> you do, o- that's, when why, Omar, that's why I came to you. When Omar Bogles, when he signed for Cardiff, back whenever that was, uh, 2017, I did think there's a, there's, there's a man who, who could be the next Dennis Rodman, but... Um, <laughs> no, it, it was a funny one, wasn't it? Because he, he never really got a chance, and obviously, I think he, he had a couple of stuff. And obviously, when he got sent off against uh, Bristol City, Bristol, wasn't it? yeah, and and that just marked his card under Warnock, didn't it? Yeah, but that's pathetic. See, I, I look at that and I think that's pathetic. You've signed the player. Part and parcel of football is you get sent off. Part and parcel of football is you lose your rag. Part and parcel of football, you do stupid things. Right? The manager himself has been there plenty of times, seen it plenty of times. Right? It was almost like he was alienated after that game. Right? I know it's a derby, but you know, these things happen. Worse things have happened. You know? and it, it just, just following on from my last point, it's exactly what I was saying. There's another player, look, who's never really been given a fair crack at Cardiff. And we'll move on. You know, do we... You know, Come on, some of the some of the strikers we, we we've signed uh, for a lot more money. <laughs> Listen, I I take him over over them any day and twice on Sundays. Simple as that. Mm. So Cardiff haven't known what known what they they've been well, doing with strikers, have they? For the last they haven't they haven't got a philosophy, Ben. You know, in fear of repeating myself from the last ten years, <laughs> no philosophy <laughs> equals. Then you are just mumbo jumbo. And it was never more uh, evident than under Neil. You know, came in, signed a few players, solidified things, mad promotion season the following af- the year after. But during that time, signed quite a few players. But then the following season, the Premier League, 
signed another whole heap of players, and you know, just a, it's almost just like a merry-go-round of players. It's, 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 it's like I'm thinking, it's almost like they just think the here and now. They're not thinking and planning. Okay, okay, if we sign him, him, and him. We might be here now, but we expect these players, as long as they inverted economists stay fit, to take us to here within this time. And you tell them that when you're signing them. You know, all managers I sign for, they tell me what, what I, I'm expected to do, what they want from me, what they need from me, you know? And uh, I just think we, we, we've got into a, a routine of, again, just signing willy-nilly. Uh, and you could go back as far as Mackay and say, you know, Mark, he signed some, some decent players, but also there were some very questionable signings there. And uh, I've always said it, the, the, the owner, you know, he must be pulling his hair out sometimes, you know, because um, he just seems to be writing checks all the time. But it's not part of no overall cohesive plan. You know, and but that's for them to get hold of because the, the the check signer is the final decision maker ultimately, yeah. right? And if you and this is always allude to if you're not understanding what is needed, which happens a lot in football, money comes in and you know QPR is the most prime example I've seen. We'll just you know spend like wildfire, buy everything, buy our way out of it, and then you find yourself, you know, in deep doo doo. Simple as that. So uh, I think Cardiff need to get to that and understand that. It's been going too long. A couple of other decisions they'll have to make in, in, in the coming weeks. Um, the other two players who are going to be out of contract at the end of the season are Danny Ward and Jazz Richards. But Danny, um, Danny Ward. <laughs> oh, I've missed that song. Danny, <laughs> Danny Ward. I do miss it. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you've seen it, Blakey, but Jamie Carragher's been doing these um, these challenges for people to put an eleven with um, I don't know players from different countries or different leagues. I asked my fiance to do it, and she she the only uh, Cardiff player she put in there was Lee Tomlin because she likes singing the Lee Tomlin song, which <laughs> I, I've obviously missed, so I've been singing around the house. <laughs> anyway. Um, Danny Ward and uh, Jazz Richards, uh, they're going to play a part in, in the final nine games, but their deals do run out after those nine games. So what, what, what do we think about their chances? Because they, they both sort of had their moments, but probably not done it consistently enough so far on a Cardiff City shirt. Me? Are you yeah, coming to me with that? It's your boot room, mate. It's not. Uh, it's well, <laughs> well, I, I'd say I, I kind of feel for Danny a bit because he, again, he's never really been given a, a continuous run in a team and always done well. You know, fan favourite, always done well. Um, you know, still one of the biggest things that you know is a sin, like at Fulham when he should have played and he didn't play. I uh, still never understand that decision. Um, came on in the game, done fantastically well. Good player, but you know, we're going for league, right? We're going. You know, I'm looking to build a team for to win the league and go on and and become you know a constant in the Premier League. And I think Danny, squad-wise, no problem. Starting, I'm not sure. I don't think he's 
he's going to be, you know, the number one striker. Um, but again, not given a consistent, continuous run in the team. Um, and and Jazz, for me, just just hasn't worked out for him, Jazz Richards. Mm. I think he's yeah. a very, very talented player. Honestly, I think he's brilliant. But I, I think sometimes you can get to it, and I've seen it plenty of times at different clubs, sometimes a player just needs to refresh, move on, refresh, because he's had a nightmare at Cardiff with injuries, you know, and even though he come out of the back of the injuries and started playing again, I was watching him and I, I thought, you, you're nowhere near where you were uh, pre-injury then, you know, and this was after he'd had a run of games as well. It wasn't like after two or three games, I just thought, you know, he uh, relying on his pace too much, but getting caught out of position too many times. And when faced with a one-on-one -on -one winger, and he did have some good wingers up against him, mind, he was uh, he was found wanting often. So it's probably he needs a probably a pre-season, get his fitness up as high as possible, start the season, get into a run of games, and then you know you just into a consistency then. I think uh, that would do him the world of good. I'm not saying it can't happen at Cardiff, but you know he is going to have to. For me, like I said, what like my plan is and where I want to end up. Uh, for me, he would have to. He would have to improve uh, quite a bit. Put it that way, because I don't think it's really worked for him at Cardiff. Yeah, I think the one thing in his favour is that. Cardiff City, you got well. We'll be facing something of a crisis in that position this summer because obviously Peltier went in January. Dion Sanderson, a host of Premier League clubs, are interested in taking him next year. Cameron Cox, who is supposedly the heir to Peltier's throne, is, is he's been released, isn't he? The club, yeah, yeah. So, so Jazz is is the only option there at, at the moment. So whether they recruit there in, in in the summer or offer offer jazz a new deal there's definitely something that has to has to go down in in that position over the summer well you know well here's an idea right you've got Cunningham trade Cunningham and buy a right back <laughs> yeah right some of that fits into what you're trying to achieve right mm. uh, you know it's it's not it's not difficult you know they're out there it's plenty of out there plenty on freeze there'll be plenty of clubs were struggling, you know, uh, and fortunately you can take advantage. Not nice, but you can right now. So, uh, Cameron Cox, please enlighten me on that one. Because I thought he was supposed to be the, almost nailed on to be the future Cardiff City right back. Yeah, well, he, he had two FA Cup um, outings under Neil Harris. Has done Carlisle. okay, yeah. Um, I yeah, he he was okay, but he's he's been training with with the first team since Harris has come in, so he's obviously seen him a lot more than than we've seen him, and and they've decided he's twenty one now. You know, he's he's not he's not a seventeen eighteen year old kid. Like he's gonna be twenty two, I think this December or something. So, I think what Neil Harris is thinking probably is is that he's at an age now where he needs to go out and get some some appearances in the football league somewhere. But is that saying that he's not good enough for championship level? Because, like we've just said there, we need a right back. We're letting one youngster go. Um, and we've got three left backs. So, you know, you would, the sensible thing to do would be to keep him 
until you've got rid of one of the left backs and they're in a position to trade to bring someone in and then you can say to Cameron, well, you, you can move on now. But, you know, stranger things have happened and as someone who's not fancied has come into the team, played tremendously well and, and nailed down a place and become like, you know, fan favourite legend of the club. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that's not that's not beyond the realms of possibility for Cameron. I just I just find it very strange to to do that at a time like this, especially when Vincent Tan. I'm sure. Did I read some a few weeks ago? Mehmet uh, Dahmer saying that there wasn't going to be the type of money there, yeah. and Cardiff haven't been huge spenders, not in Championship or Premier League. So you know that would that would. Now, if I'm director of football, I'm saying to Neil, well, it's not happening. <laughs> it's not, that's not happening. You know, simple as that. That can't happen because you've not got cover. And it'd be, you know, just, it'd be sod's law. You, 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 you got one, you start a season with right, one right back and he goes down injured in the first two or three games. And you've let the young lad go, released him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it, it needs to be a bit more planning at Cardiff you know I know that obviously people are listening oh, we plan loads behind the scenes stuff you don't see but what comes out in the wash you just leaves you scratching your head sometimes I was I was really surprised that they let that kid go because I've watched him I think he's a good player decent player you know what I mean got half a chance so we'll have to see what happens this summer with him then see if uh, any championship club yeah. takes him on I, th- I think the other thing best. To, to weigh up with all the players we've mentioned here in terms of Tomlin, Mendes, Lang, Richards and all this is, what's the workload going to be like in terms of how many games are there going to be in a week when we do return? Because, mm. you know, you talk about Tomlin's fitless and whether it's going to be Mendes, Lang or Albert Domar or, or, or how often Jazz Richards is going to have to play. How many games are we expecting to see Cardiff play? You know, is, is it going to be Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday? In, yeah, it is. I think. I think, I think it is. Yeah, Saturday, the, Tuesday, Saturday, isn't it? Yeah, just yeah, normal championship, Saturday, isn't it? Jesus. Yeah, yeah. So it is. It's, it's, it's normal championship. It's basically going to be like like a like a Christmas period. Yeah, six weeks, isn't it? Um, like a like a crammed in, like December over to the new year. Yeah, but you're you're mm. right to raise that though, Ben, because especially well, Cardiff haven't had brilliant luck with uh, with injuries this season so far, and with with such a compacted fixture schedule you can imagine quite a few of them are going to get injured between now, now and the end of the season so they're going to need that squad depth I guess but um, I think there are still big decisions to be made and there are people who are playing for their, their contracts namely um, Ward and, and Richards I think if they do enough in these in these final line games of the season I think it's a cost effective way of, of keeping f- finances in check if they don't go out and splash Five million on a striker and hand Danny Ward another contract if he does well, you know. So there's a lot on the line, I think, for these players. Are they are they up though, Danny Ward? Yeah, Ward, Ward and Richards are both up. See, you've got to think from a player's perspective. If that's me, I'm I'm gone. I'm not I'm not doing you any favors. I'm not been done a favor since I've been here. Do you know what I mean? I'd still be seething about the Fulham thing last season. So I wouldn't be doing any favors, and I'm just trying to give you a perspective of a player. Yeah. You know, you, you want, you've got, you need to feel wanted, to be wanted. You, you, that's, that's how you see some players at this club or that club are playing and you think, oh, he's bang average. And then you see him go to another club. How many times have we seen it? 
players here go back to Spain or Italy and you see him, you think, wow, he's playing semi-final Champions League. He was rubbish here. But it's just because they've gone where someone wants them, given the opportunity, and that fulfills your confidence level. It's exactly what you need, and you go and do well. So, you know, you just, you know, they, and this, this is what I mean. It's, you know, you've got to be careful with that, with, um, because the player, I can't, you know, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't see Danny signing on for another two years in the situation that he's been in, you know, unless he was given assurances that he's going to get a bit more game time. Okay, well, that's the end of that section. In the final part, we will be talking about playing behind closed doors and asking Blakey some of your questions. Subscribe to The Boot Room on iTunes or listen on walesonline.co.uk. Welcome back to the final part of Blakey's Boot Room, where we will be discussing the prospect of Cardiff City playing behind closed doors. Now, Blakey, have you ever played behind closed doors? Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I don't think so. Let me let me search my very old memory. No, 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 never played behind closed doors. No. I can imagine though, in the days where you were playing um, for Cardiff City at Ninian Park, playing without the crowd there would have had a massive effect, just because of how how big of an impact the Ninian Park crowd and how intimidating an atmosphere it would have been. Yeah, well, don't forget when I came into the team, it was like averaging three, three and a half thousand, I think, at home. Mm. Uh, by the time I left, we were averaging, I think, 20. So going the other way, it, it's, uh, for me, listen, it's, it's, it, it's kind of like the, the, the cherry on top. Even though as a player you go out and you try and shut it out, right? what it does, it, it, the adrenaline it gives you, you know, that pump from the fans when you score a goal or you know, they're trying to get you going or the game is exciting end to end, both sets of fans are at it and I, it, it, it's, it's, it's the cherry on top for me, it's the icing like, you know, it's uh, I'm watching the Bundesliga and it was okay, but without fans, yeah, take it or leave it, you know what I mean? And, you know, that's, that's, that's what I always say about the fans, don't, don't, ever be dismissive of them don't ever take them for granted because as you see football to watch is okay but without that Dortmund crowd the other day and Bayern going at it and you know it's, it's just it's okay like my son said to me it's funny isn't it when you can hear them speaking shouting yeah. on the pitch the players like, you're, it's like, you're a lot of swearing yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so uh, it's okay but for me uh, football without fans, ah, it's like, it's like, you know, it's like having cereals with no milk, you know what I mean? It's just, uh, <laughs> it's just, it's just dry. It's a bit dry and, you know, it'll just it'll take you an hour to eat a bowl of Rice Krispies, like, you know, it's just, it's just not, it's not right. What are you on about? It's not right. You understand what I'm saying? You don't eat, you yes, don't eat, do. you don't eat cereals without milk, do you? That's what I'm saying. It's, 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 it's a necessity. Same as a fan when you're watching football and watching, when you're watching most sports, all sports, you know what I mean? Whether it's basketball or rugby or, you know. Golf. 
golf or F1 or whatever. Fans are an integral part of the whole thing, right? And you take out one, it's, it's like going to watch F1 and them saying, oh, there's no cars this week. Oh, <laughs> we'll just run around the track then, shall we? <laughs> You're first. Oh, Lewis Hamilton, oh, he beat you on, he beat you on, on the tape like he was, he's ducking, like, uh, <laughs> like Carl Lewis. You know, it's, it's, for me, it's not, it's, it's okay, but, you know, it's, it's not what it should be. It's, it, you know, the fans are, you know, I'd rather start back with the fans and everything as normal than start, and I know, like, there's other things to think about and all, all people's jobs and this and that, and I understand the importance of that. But, yeah, I just, it's just not the same for me without the fans there. Ben, have you been watching any of the, uh, the, the Bundesliga? I've just found it absolutely bizarre, you know, with the, the subs on the subs bench, social distancing, and then coming on and two-footing people in challenges. It, it just doesn't... <laughs> It, it, it it's true. No, it doesn't no make sense. sense does it? <laughs> no. I actually, ben, I what, what were your thoughts? I haven't. You? I haven't seen any of it. Uh, you'll be disappointed <laughs> to know because I've been. I think I've largely been working shifts whenever the games have been on. Weirdly enough, um, but yeah, you know, like the whole uh, was it uh, Haaland's uh, social that distancing celebration, celebration yeah. which I just it's, you know it's it's just a futile gesture because within thirty seconds, you know, you're going up to win a header with someone. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and you're standing next to him in the shower, like it's like a half a meter apart in the shower. It's like it don't make sense. It's just paying lip service to social distancing, but the I mean, yeah, it's it's an interesting thing what effect no crowds has on the matches as a whole. Because I, I saw some, I think Gary Lineker tweeted out that the ball in play time is higher without a crowd, and I'd imagine that's just due to the fact that. The game's slower. Yeah, the game's slower, and you can, you know, when there's a crowd, the crowd get on your back. If you you sort of you keep it between the centre backs, you don't take a you don't go down the channel, you don't take a risk. I remember when Wales played Croatia last September in that qualifier, the the crowd were getting on Wales's back because they just weren't, you know, it was Roden and Lockyer centre backs. They're passing it, being patient like Giggsy wanted to be, and the crowd are getting on their back. And ironically, then Wales went and scored just as the as uh, the Cardiff City Stadium was really getting vocal. But when you're playing in an empty stadium, I guess you're less likely to take that risk because there's less vocal feedback. Mm. Mm. It gives you a massive, I, I can't explain to you, the adrenaline it gives. So picture like, you know, when you see big games and you're walking out. I remember like walking out at Ninian Park, out of the tunnel before a big, huge game. And as you're approaching the light, you step through the tunnel and then the sound hits you and your heart starts to race and that you get that feeling all the way up the back of your neck and into your hair. And that's just, it's just adrenaline coursing through you and you try and block out the crowd, but it's impossible. You know, we've seen it so many times and it, it's just, it, it, it pushes you. We've seen it like this season so evident that Cardiff City, where the fans have pushed the team, you know, at times when they were struggling, they really got, you know, push, 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 raise the level of the atmosphere, you know, start singing a bit, start singing more aggressively, get involved with chanting with the other fans, and it just, it just whips up the atmosphere. And that is, is, is then carried down through 
the players on the pitch. Some get intimidated, some like, you know, relish it. But, you know, I, it, it, I can't explain to you, you know, unless you've been there and experienced it. That's why they say, some people say it's better than sex. Personally, I don't agree, but <laughs> I understand the comparison, yeah? Because it, that, that rush when you score a goal or win a game, score a goal, rush to the fans and they just, you lose your mind. You can't remember what you do in a celebration sometimes. You do the oddest things. <laughs> but then you see fans like who don't know each other will just be jumping, hugging, you know? And it doesn't matter if you know someone or don't. You just turn and you just start jumping, hugging, celebrating, singing, and you can feel then the happiness then after the goal has gone in and things settle down, the fans are singing. It's just, listen, I love it. I just, I just don't think you can, you can play it, but I, 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 I'm more of a patient man rides a donkey, mate. I just take my time and wait for the fans to come back inside and then we'll go back at it for me. That reminds me of a, a story by Mickey Thomas he told me uh, about Stamford Bridge, which I don't think I can say on the podcast. <laughs> clean it up and say it. <laughs> I'm not sure how I'd clean it up, to be honest. Um, I think it the centre circle or the referee's room. I can't remember which it was, but uh, I'm saying no more. Okay. <laughs> well, Blake, yeah, I remember you wrote uh, a, a column a few months ago saying that you think it really was the sort of Cardiff City fans this season who helped propel... Uh, the Bluebirds up, up the table. So for Cardiff, I'd imagine then you think that this would be, this would impact them potentially more. Oh, hugely! Than because of just how good the fans are. Hugely, hugely. Uh, mm. And I, yeah, I, there you go. I forgotten I'd said that, but I'd written that a few months ago. But yeah, I, I know like it's it, it's been to me. It, I remember it's been evident this season that the fans they were brilliant. Look, they were brilliant in the Premier League season, weren't they? So patient. You know, took it on the chin, sort of thing. Could have kicked off and said, "Well, we we want and we expect more. We're paying fans. You call us paying customers, so we expect to be given, you know, some some some, you know, good performance for our for the money we're spending." But you know, was uh, didn't happen unfortunately. But the season before that, the the, the promotion season, you know, superb. It, it's just like I said, it, it just. They just go together, you know. Football without without the fan, sport without the fan, it's it's entertainment. You know, you can watch it at home, and it's great watching it on TV, a game. But there's nothing like. I always say to people, you go to the right game, and you will, whether you're a football fan or not, you will become hooked. You become addicted to it. The right mm -hmm. game, you will become addicted to it. So if you were at that game, Leeds United, Cardiff City, Ninian Park, Scotty Young scoring the winger, you know, if you were at the, that, that would have done something to you and you'll probably still go into this day because of that, if that was your first mm. game. You know what I mean? It's as simple as that. It's, uh, they're, they're, they're not, they're, like I say, they're as important as the game for me and as important as the player. Well, let's move on to our final section then. Some Ask Blakey. We've got a couple in here on Twitter. Um, the first one is from Ryan Murphy. What's the ideal start in 11 now that the whole squad is back healthy? I'd love to see Brad Smith get some game time before the season is done. Talk us through uh, your 11 then, Blakester. Oh, mate, I, I, I can't. I, I, you're going to have to give me 
Like, I'm going to have to watch a bit first. And I'm not, I couldn't go on just name. Um, I haven't seen him play, Brad, so, you know, um, I thought, Sanderson gone back? No, no, he'll, he'll still be with Cardiff. To the end of the season? Yeah, I think so. Uh, so, I... Probably the, it picks itself really. Uh, Smithies, um, Sanderson, um, Morrison, and Nelson. Uh, yeah. Um, Bennett or Bennett Cunningham or what's what's the other lads they say? Brad uh, Smith. Smith. Brad Smith. Um, I don't know. I, I, I would. I'd like to see Cunningham given a go. I think he's quite an accomplished fullback. But you know, you called him third choice a minute ago. No, I said he will be third choice. But that's not <laughs> yeah. my choice. Um, True. Uh, and then midfield, uh, centrally, I would play. Uh, What's his name? Fuchs? No. Bakuna? Bakuna. Um, I wouldn't play... Uh, play. Did you say Vogs? Yeah. Will Vogs? Yeah. Yeah, I'd play Vogs and Bakuna with Tomlin ahead of them. Nice. That's what I'd play. And then three up top would be... Like I say, Mendes on one side, Azuma, uh, Azuma, um, Adoma. Adoma on the left side, and then uh, well, the, the striker's berth is up for grabs. I think that's just a flip of the coin, so you can chuck anyone in there because I don't think we've really, I don't know, Ward, Glatzel, Bogle, Patterson. Pogo, Pogo probably done the best. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But but in playing playing Patterson and Tomlin, right, would should be a massive license for Doma and Mendes to get behind, and a bigger license for Sanderson and Cunningham, Stroke Bennett, Stroke Smith. Smith sorry. Uh, for one of them to get forward and play almost in a midfield position, you know. Um, yeah, that's for me. And just have one of the two central eights sitting uh, more often than not. And also Bakuna would be my runner. Volks would be my sitter. Tomlin would be my link man. Put whoever strike you want in there, but my two... Uh, wide men, one's an absolute speed demon and one's still got a good turn of pace, great experience. So, uh, that's where I'd go. How about that? Yeah, like, yeah, fairly similar to mine, I would think. Yeah. So, Lewis CCFC uh, says, possible sign-ins that could be made this summer and what positions should be strengthened? I think we've already gone right back. I couldn't tell you who because I, I don't sit and... Uh, evaluate players who we could possibly bring in. Mm. It's a waste of time, really, because, you know, it's, it's the club's job to do that. But, um, 
right back obviously is uh, is short. Um, I still think you know another centre back, uh, and definitely, definitely a striker. Definitely. But they need yeah. to ask themselves why they keep buying strikers and strikers are not scoring. And I keep saying, it's not that they're bad strikers, it's that we don't play enough football and we don't have enough possession of the ball and we don't, you know, we're not looking to kill teams in the final, final third with crosses and slide rule passes and runs off the ball. We need to switch the way we play because I think under Harris, we said, oh, they needed to go start following a pattern of a consistency. And rather than going from Warnock to Pep Guardiola, you need to stick something in between, which is transition. Mm. But Harris come in as that transition and I understood it. But at times we've seen it, Glenn, they've, they've, they've like we've said, they've been like Warnock team on steroids. You know, mm. they've gone real, real long ball, ridiculously long ball. Um, so that's not really happened, you know, so, uh, yeah. Um, the Flying Welshman asks, do you think we have a realistic chance of promotion through the playoffs when the season restarts? Uh, I, I never thought we did prior to all this happening. I always mm -hmm. thought we'd finish 9th or 10th, um, or 8th, 9th or 10th, I think I said. Uh, yeah. I still think that will possibly be the case look it might be someone gets lucky there's no reason why it can't be us who you know teams aren't where they were and we end up starting quicker than others before you know it six games are gone and you're in a playoff position with three games left that's quite a possibility you just don't know who's going to start and that's what I say like the, the 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 approach to the training schedule building up to going back is going to be so important it's going to be key because you're almost building to peak which is difficult when you've had such a long time off you've had more time off than you would for a normal pre-season mm. you know i mean you only have like five or six six weeks off pre-season now you know it was eight or nine when i was playing but we've been off longer than that so uh it's it's, it's going to be difficult for cardiff to hit the ground running but someone will i'm sure so why not cardiff so you know, it's, for me, it gives them a better opportunity, especially with the likes of the injuries back of Tomlin and what have you, Mendes Lang. It gives them a better opportunity to go and take advantage and get into that playoff spot or even higher. You just don't know. You see nine games, anything can happen. Uh, Gabs the Newt says, Nath, what do you think of Dominic Cummins? But we're going to quickly swerve past that one. No, uh, come on, let's, let's answer that. <laughs> I really don't want to answer that. Let me just say, there's an old saying in Jamaica, what's good for the jackass is good for the jackass cat. Right? <laughs> Simple as that. Saying, that. Right. I like it. Right. So, you can tell man Amanda, lock down and don't do this and don't travel there and don't go here and stay indoors and don't exercise outside and don't have a party with neighbour and don't speak to your mum and don't see your mum and dad and... And then go and do your own thing. It's just, it's, it's, listen, that kind of just sums the whole situation of, of, of government. But man, a man who voted Labour all their lives voted these people in. I don't get it. I don't get it. I mean, because, you know, I think he's done a job advert, 
prior to lockdown a couple of months ago and it was sort of rude and aggressive and swearing in there. I thought, that's where we are now. You put that out and some people are going, oh, yeah, but, you know, that's what happens if you're in that world. You've got to be like that. I'm like, okay. There's no way I bring my kids up to be like. So uh, he is what he is. Well, what a lovely question to, to end on. There you go. <laughs> well, well, gents, it's been brilliant to be back. Thank you all once again for your questions as well. Really appreciate those. Have you enjoyed it, chaps? Oh, mate, it's, it's, uh, it's been superb. And it's great to be back in touch with the fans, man. And, yeah. uh, you know, tell them to get their questions in. When we do one next week, we'll just dedicate it to fans and questions, if we can get enough in. Yeah, I like yeah? it. Yeah, like and it. just have a discussion around the fans uh, and what they're thinking, what they're doing, what they think should happen. You know, it could be interesting to hear from fans, you know. Are they confident in coming back to the stadia and supporting the team? You know, because you know, there's when when I'm doing commentary, uh, Glenn, you've seen there's there's an elderly couple who they always bring us Kit Kats. Yeah, they do. You know, you've got to think of people like that. You know, high risk. You know, so I like to just see it return when it's able to return, when it's safe for everybody. Yeah. Well, I'm sure uh, you two will will join me in making sure all our Cardiff City fans are safe and well going forward until uh, until lockdown restrictions end. And, yeah, absolutely. Um, Wish them all the best. To all them. Love and best wishes, mate. Absolutely. Indeed. Well, thank you all for listening, and we will see you all next week. Mm -hmm.